on this episode of Twisted and Misunderstood. On this episode, we're answering your questions. Your questions are coming in from all over the world. So if you've posted a question, if you've emailed me a question, if you've asked me something about the paranormal or something about something you don't understand, well, listen in to today's episode of Twisted and Misunderstood. On this episode of Twisted and Misunderstood, I am with Alison J. Zenden, and this is Dominic Zenden. We're going to answer some of your questions, questions from people from all over the world. So it's over to you, Alison. Hello. Today, I'm going to actually ask Dominic some questions that have been sent in here from all over the world. So let's start with the first one, which is Sally Ann from Perth in Australia. She asks, I've heard of time slips, but I still can't understand how this can happen. Can you please explain? Hi, it's Sally Ann. Hi, thanks for your, your question. If you've listened to our episode on time slips, you'll actually understand that they are random events that nobody really knows how they actually happen. But we have to be able to understand time as more than just what we're told it is and to think of time as a circle rather than a linear line. So if you start to think about you can cut in and out of time anywhere you wish, then it makes answering the question a lot easier because you have to suspend your normal understanding of time. You have to think about it in a circular way rather than as a linear way and think about everything ever happened has happened. So the past, the future, and the now is all one. So there's nothing stopping people falling through the little fabric in time. So they drop into a, a different time in the past or even could go into the future. Now, we've got a lot of documented time slips that go backwards because we recognize that. But there's not so many that go forward, which would also be an interesting part of time slips. But we're looking at that. And when we have evidence, I will let you know. But just to understand that if you actually slip through a, a gap in time, you could end up like one guy did in 1900s New York on the street. He was in 1968 and he fell back 68 years and he saw the the horses and the carts and the, the smells and everything. It was a very weird experience for him. And he was actually killed 
as he fell back and it started a, a mystery because they had to work out who the man was that was killed back in 1900s. He was so shocked when he landed back there that he didn't know how to react and the horse and cart hit him and knocked him over and killed him. And then it started a mystery because all his documents and the money he had and all the things he had on him were related to 1968 New York. So if you can see by that, that's uh, an evidential situation that makes it very possible for us to do this. How it works, I think that we have to suspend our understanding of that until we find out more about how time exists, if it does, if it's real. And if it isn't real, then we have to work out why are we actually monitoring our lives by time. Thank you. Thank you. That was really interesting. The second question is from Ben from Durham in the UK. He asks, I'm a science teacher at a high school and recently I was asked by a pupil, Sir, can you tell me what the aura is? I myself have heard of this, but Dominic, please help me fully understand so I can share your knowledge with my pupils. Many thanks, Ben. Okay. Hi, Ben. Thanks for your question. Very easy. Just call it the human atmosphere. That's what Walter Kilner called it back in 1926 when it was first recognised as a scientific fact. So it's the atmosphere of energy around a person. Now, how I would explain it is that everything that we are is vibration. Everything vibrates at different frequencies. And the colours that we give off through those frequencies, because every frequency has a colour attached to it, so the fact that we can actually look at colors and frequencies and the body vibrating at frequency means that everything that we do is color. So the colors that come around us may not be visible to a lot of the human eyes that, that look, but because it's not visible, people feel that it isn't there. Well, I'll give you a really easy way to, to do a, a little bit of a class experiment. Get to have someone walk in who's very official into one of your classes. You know, if you've got a headmaster or a headmistress in your school and watch the atmosphere in the room change when that person walks into the class. That's all about the energy that person brings into that moment. And that's all about the aura. Each one of us has a different energy field around us. Each one of us brings in a different frequency. And each one of us has a different way of actually pronouncing our presence. And it only takes one person, as you may discover if you do this, to actually discover that one person can change the whole atmosphere in a room. Now, that's something we sense. We don't see it. We sense it. What I do differently to a lot of people is that I actually see the vibrations of color. And over the years, I've been able to figure out what those colors mean, how they actually affect us, and what we can do to actually make our frequencies or our colors the best they can possibly be for the best life we can possibly have. So positive thoughts, positive energy, positive ways of doing things, um, being able to eat the right foods and do the right things around us, all change the human aura. So if we can actually see that thoughts are things, for instance, if we look at somebody who is fairly down or a little bit low, 
we will see that that aura becomes very, very diluted. But if we see that somebody's quite upbeat and quite healthy and quite ready to go, lots of energy, we'll see their colours become really quite a lot thicker, a lot denser, if you like, around that person. So we can actually know that our thoughts affects the energy field that we have around us. And if our thoughts affect the energy field that we have around us, then everyone's thoughts affects everyone's. So you just explain it to your class and tell your class to to see and feel the change when someone in authority walks in through the door. That would be an interesting experiment. Come back to me, Ben, and let me know how you got on. Yeah, please do, Ben. Please do. Right. Sharon from Liverpool, UK, first of all, says loves the podcast, which is nice to hear. I'm a pub landlady of an old English inn that's known for its ghostly activities. I allow people here to do seances over certain weekends, although I've never participated. After a party a few weeks ago, they went home and I was locking up. And in my head, a voice shouted, Hello, Sharon, in a very deep voice. I was taken aback and very shocked, as never experienced anything like that before. Dominic, please, please, was this to do with the seance? Maybe, maybe not. You're, you know, I mean, first of all, Sharon, thanks for your question. The the part that is worth examining is, did you become more aware of things because of the seance? Or did the seance just happen? Because when our awareness, when our knowledge of what's going on around us is heightened, we become much more susceptible to what people may deem as the paranormal which is what I look at as the paraordinary. It may be that you're hearing voices a lot, but you didn't take no notice of them previously. It may be that that group has stirred up an imprint or an EVP, electronic voice phenomenon, within your, your pub, and it's actually started to communicate with the energy people around it. So remember, when you're in your pub, you are an energy source. You are that energy that walks around. Um, spirit or imprint, um, what I think what you've probably heard is the voice of an imprint, are there all over the place. You think your pub's been inviting people in for probably, you know, tens of hundreds, maybe even, you know, 50, 60, 70 years, maybe even longer. You didn't say how old your pub was. But all those people that have been in there at certain times have left their energy imprint in your particular establishment. That imprint may well be something that you've triggered as you've walked through an energy imprint that you haven't been aware of previously, but because this group has held a seance and the energy is high and the atmosphere is, is, is tingling a little bit, what happens when people have seances, it could be that you've walked in through that and you've heard the voice. And that's really what you're doing. The thing is, Sharon, is nothing to be frightened of because it's just an imprint and how imprints work is that the atmosphere it's a bit like a, a tape on a tape recorder will actually take the voices of the people as they are in a certain place and store it and then conditions change and those voices or those energy signatures are let out and it's known as either a replay ghost or an evp which is purely something that we've yet to really understand, 
But when we think of energy imprinting on or in things, it's nothing new. The, the ancient um, people in, in England, the, the first people to build Stonehenge, thought that rocks had memories and that you could actually put memory into a rock. There's people in South America who made rock spears, and they're thought to be places where they stored energy. So they actually thought that when we actually existed around certain rock objects, that that energy that we had was imprinted into that rock, and it could repeat and replay at certain frequencies. And when you've had the seance that night, that group of people have brought in a different energy into your pub, and that frequency is lifted enough for you to hear that voice. So I would say to you, it's a great thing for you to do because you now know that imprints are real, that they're actual because you've experienced it. And it's the key to anything paranormal. Personal experience matters. Not what other people say, not what other people think or conjectify about. It's about having the experience yourself. So if you're interested, go and seek out some more experiences like this and become much more aware of them and become much more open to them. And you'll start to enjoy what is, I think, something that we can all explore at a really good level without getting too amateur about it. So we, we need to be very understanding about what we're actually tapping into. Yeah, thanks, Dominic, for that, because there have been quite a lot of questions on that as well on EVPs here. Um, Leslie from the Isle of Wight, now it doesn't say whether Leslie's a man or a woman, but says, four years ago, I had just woken up in hospital after an organ transplant. I remember being very thirsty and very hungry. I asked for a fry up. And a fry up, if anyone doesn't know, is eggs, bacon, sausage, tomato, that sort of thing, which I would never normally have, and black currant juice, which I disliked immensely. My taste buds have changed and my life has changed too. I rarely eat or drink what I used to. Do you have any explanation, Dominic? Okay. Well, hi, Leslie. Interesting question. And, yeah, I think the explanation comes in cell memory. The, the memory that we have is not necessarily in our brains. It's, it could be in every cell of our body. And what we've actually come to start to understand is that all the things that we ever do, ever say, ever speak, all our likes, all our all the things that go on around us are all trapped inside ourselves. So, and that's known as cell memory. Each individual cell has the capacity to recall all the details of all the lives that we've ever lived. Now, what you've had happen is something which has only recently started to occur in modern medicine, which is an organ transplant. Now, that organ transplant has all the cell memory of somebody who that organ used to belong to before they, before they let you have it. So what you've got there is the cell memory of the person before you had the organ. So those likes that you are now starting to have and those things that you're starting to enjoy are somebody else's likes, somebody else's um if you like, um, things that they would have enjoyed eating when they were here with their alive in, in, their, in their lifetime. So your cell memory is now being a little bit more sort of widened by the cell memories of the other person. 
So you're now liking things like blackcurrant juice. Well, that could well be an acquired taste that the other person had before they passed. So you're now having to adapt into a whole new set of things. Now, if you wanted to go a bit deeper and you really wanted to explore this, there's nothing stopping you exploring the cell memory at a lifestyle level. So you could go back and you could go back into a different um, life that that person may have experienced. So your subconsciousness is going to be widened into that other person's life as well. So you may well find that there may be some coexistence that you've both had together. So in other words, your soul journey is linked because that one person had to go through a certain experience and pass over for you to carry on living. And that may well be something that you are bind together. You may even be, well be the same soul, but with different experiences. Now, that's an interesting part of what cell memory is. But don't be afraid of it, okay? But make sure you embrace it and make sure that you don't get too hung up over it. It could be quite an exciting part of your, your future life. That's the end of part one. Um, in part two, we're going to carry on answering your questions. Some very exciting news for all you listeners of the Twisted and Misunderstood podcast. We have now got a sister podcast going live where myself, Dominic J. Zenden and Jackie Seiden talk about everything out of the ordinary. The podcast is called We Are All Aliens. So you can find that on your podcast provider and listen in to the debate and the show that is now broadcast live throughout the world with myself, Dominic J. Zenden, and Jackie Seiden. Now, there's other news. If you want to contact me here on the Twisted and Misunderstood podcast, you can get in touch at auraprofiling at gmail.com. Come and visit me at my Instagram post, Dominic J. Zenden, Aura Profiling, or come and join 
the fan at Facebook, which is Dominic J. Zenden. There's lots of new paranormal situations happening every day. We keep you up to date with all the latest news, activities and conjecture. And you can always rely on a clear and balanced view from here, us here at The Twisted and Misunderstood. The Paranormal Podcast With Dominic Jason Twisted and Misunderstood Twisted and Okay, welcome back to part two of questions and answers from people all over the world. Very interesting part one. So, Alison, over to you. Right. Tom from Vancouver, Canada says, Hi, Dom. I was given a pair of dowsing rods for my birthday, which I tried out round a friend's. I held them up high while standing on a chair in the corner of her sitting room. She said I would feel energy from these rods, although I didn't. But when my friend held them in the same place, they spun like crazy. Why is this, please? Okay. First of all, you, you have to be attached to your rods that you've actually got. You've been using a pair of rods that you've been given, and you've probably got no thought about how they work or why they work or anything to do with that. Remember, what a dowsing rod is, 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 a, is a bit of metal that's bent, if you like, at 45 degrees that you hold out in front of you, and they swing when they hit energy. So when you hold them in the about 12 inches apart and let them go, they will swing if the energy centers are within the dowsing rods. So a dowsing rods are very useful in that way. But for you, you have to be able to practice a little bit about with them, become comfortable with them, walk around with them. Your friend is obviously very comfortable with these rods and has been using them for some time, although you didn't say how long she'd actually had them, Tom. But be, be aware of the energy that they pick up, because they will. And if you allow yourself to just to practice, hold them out in front of you at arm's length and walk around, you will start to pick up energy in the room that you are, you'll walk through some particular energetic areas where they will swing rather fast, like your friend discovered. And also, if you go around and you can practice this, so I always say to people, before you start, don't stand on the chair or nothing like that. Just stand, get a bowl of water and hold the rods over a bowl of water. The water changes the energy in the room and they normally swing because the energy is different. So just get a normal washing up bowl full of water, pop it down on the side and just hold your rods over it. Let's see if they swing for you then. And I'm sure they will. So that's the energy changing that actually creates the force that makes these rotate. So remember, it's all about frequency, energy and where you are. And when you get used to them, Go off and explore some buildings that have got lots of old energy in or go and walk around a field and see if they spin in a field outside and just enjoy them and just have fun with them. 
I remember actually us having dowsing rods when we went in one of these sort of ghostly places. I had my own pair, you had your pair, do you remember? And they both actually worked for both of us. But again, they were new and nobody else had really touched them, so had our energy on. Yeah, always make sure that they've got your energy, make sure you're familiar with them. Dowsing can be great fun. And remember, the Druids used to do it. They used to douse with hazel nut, you know, twigs. And so the hazel twigs used to bend and they used to be able to find different sources of energy in the ground. So it's a very old art. It goes back many thousands of years. And it is a way that man used to source the energies around where they were living. So if they wanted to dig a well, they would douse the well because they, they pick up the energy change in the water. So wherever you go, like we're lucky here in England, we've got lots of faces like castles and old houses that go back to the 15th century. And we can go in and douse because the energy's there. But in places like Canada, you're not quite so many old places. So go and find somewhere that lots of people have been, lots of energy, maybe some reportings of um, ghostly happenings or spooky, spooky events going on, and go and have a try there. Because, again, the energy changes. Like Alison said, the experience is a lot of fun and it's something you can see in front of you. So go and have fun with this. It's a very old form of discovering where the energy or the imprints are. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe even Vancouver Island, Tom, somewhere like that. So there could be quite a lot of energy there with lots of different things going on. Uh, the next question, Rachel from Milson Keynes wants to know, how can I get to see auras and can everyone see them? Or are they like ghosts? Some people do, some people don't. Thank well, you. Oh, well, everyone can. Um, I think everyone can see ghosts and everyone can see auras. You've just got to be aware of an aura. You've got to be aware that it's there. And even the people with the most sceptical minds that are scientifically based can see the energy outline. If you look at a person, you'll see that white light around the outside of a person. Now, don't take my word for it. Try it. I mean, I tell to people, try it with um, plants in pots that they can actually look at against a blackboard or try it with a pet, hold them up against a, a background. Some people find a white background as easy as a dark background. You know, you have to try both just to make sure that what you're doing. And once you discover that color outline, then you know that that's one step away from those colors splitting. Now, you might not be able to pick up the colors splitting at first, but once you've realized that that aura is there and is present and that energy field is a vibration of energy around that frequency, around that person, then you can start to look a bit deeper. And when you start to become much more infused about it and much more understanding about it, then you can go and read my book, Aura Life in 4D, where I explain all the meanings of the colors, what the actual relationships colors are, and how people attract different colors to them by different clothes and different thoughts that they have and different foods that they eat. So there's lots of different indications of people having different auras because of the lifestyle choices they make and even the clothes and the color of the clothes they wear. So I, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Okay, we've now got Reese from Cardiff. Very, very quick question. Says, hi, Dominic. Have Again, have you ever seen a ghost? And if so, where and when? 
Okay. Hi, Reese. Um, seen a few ghosts um, over the years. Um, worked at Ghost House UK for four years. Um, did a lot of um, visuals and a lot of overnight stays at different haunted locations and have run into quite a lot of energy. Um, a couple of the most memorable ones, um, one at Summer Layton, where it's a big old English house. Um, when I say big, it's huge. It's the it's, it's the size of a palace, really. It's that, that big, and it's got lots of different rooms and corridors, and it's, it's huge. You can't really imagine if you live, you know, in, in a different part of the world like America or Australia, you can't imagine how big these old um, historic houses are. But around the back of them, they've got the front of house and the back of house. And around the back of the house, there's lots of corridors. Well, Summer Layton is one of these big Victorian Edwardian houses that's got all these corridors. And as I was walking along the back, because every time before I did a vigil, every time I would go and do a recce so I could actually feel where the energy was so I know where to go. It was something that I always used to go two hours before a shoot. And I used to just walk around by myself or with somebody else as a guide and just go and feel everything. Well, I was doing this at Summer Layton, which is in Suffolk in England. And I was walking around the back and this man with his hat and tails <laughs> just walked straight through me. Um, it was just, it was over in a second. But the lady that was guiding me around nearly fainted. And she said it was the first time in all the years of her taking people around this big stately house that she'd ever, ever seen anything. And I think it was down to the vibration that we were, that we actually saw it, because these things vibrate at different frequencies. Some people see them, some people don't. But that was at Summer Layton Hall, and that was quite a quite a memorable one. And never forget the lady's face when she saw it. She went very white. So it is true. You do go as white as a ghost when you see a ghost. Um, the other one that I was really, really interested in was a place called the Scarred Inn. In, in Wales, funny enough, Reese, it's in North Wales near Herefordshire. And there was a shadow ghost in there. And the shadow ghost is, I think, is a little bundle of black energy, a bit like you see above peanuts in the cartoon. You know, that little bit of black energy that is there with all these little particles jumping around. Well, that was actually in this place. Now, the Scarred Inn was a courthouse that used to hang sheep rustlers way back and Judge Jeffries was the person that used to preside at people's trials and they would go straight from the courtroom and they would be hung in the, in the stairwell. So literally from one to the next, they wouldn't have too long to really think about their demise. Anyway, in this particular room, there was this um, shadow ghost, which was a little ball of black energy. Now, you know if you've come across a shadow ghost because the atmosphere drops to a very low level and it becomes very negative and very difficult. And people will burst out into tears and get very emotional very, very quickly. It creates anxiety as well. And the theory behind a shadow ghost is it's the negative energy left behind when a soul transcends. So all the negative energy that that soul's actually attracted during its lifetime is then released and it stays and the soul transcends into the afterlife or the different realm or different dimension, whichever way your, your feeling is. And that was a very interesting experience when I came across that in the Scarred Inn in Herefordshire. Okay. 
This one says here, Hi Dom, it's Carol from West Midlands. Do you remember me? Says, hope you're well. Love the podcast. So entertaining. Then says, I was a big fan of your work when you organised trips to Ghost House. And I watched you on Sky TV too when you hosted your paranormal show. I've been interested in all aspects of your aura work as well. And three years ago, you gave me a real in-depth reading. So spot on. Can you please let me know if you've got anything else on in 2022? Any more books out or anything or any stage shows pending? Love, Carol. Okay, well, hi, Carol. Nice to to sit here from you again. And thank you for following the course of my my career in the paranormal and with, within my media stuff. The the aura readings are things I do for people, which are aura photographic profilings, which are deep, in-depth um, profiles or reports about a person, um, doing them a lot still, making um, a lot of people question who they are and look at themselves time and time again, because really an aura profile is getting you to look at yourself and starting that conversation from looking at yourself. And that's what you obviously experience with your aura profile. Now, when it comes to activities and things, well, there's quite a lot going on here. Um, I must um, hold back on a few things that we're doing because they're going to be allowed to be released maybe later on in 2022. And keep your eyes watching the MindSight website, which is MYND. S-I-T-E dot org, O-R-G. Keep your eyes on that. That have all news updates and done here on the Twisted and Misunderstood podcast. There is, however, something I can tell you, which is quite exciting. Just recently, we've done and we started to do a sister podcast, which is going to be on all your podcast providers. So you'll be able to pick it up on all the main podcast sites. And it's called We Are All Aliens. Now, We Are All Aliens, or WAH for short, is going to be all about the paranormal, about things that we don't know about, the things that we've yet to discover, some thoughts about where we are, you know, channeling transcendental space, the universe, aliens, of course, encounters, things like time slips, and all the things that you would ever be interested in. When it comes to the paranormal, we're going to be talking on there. And I'm going to be sharing the podcast with a lady called Jackie Sidon. And Jackie is an American actress who's appeared in lots of different um, TV and films in America. And she has a very keen interest and a very grounded approach to questioning me on what I know and how I've actually worked over the years. So with my knowledge and with her personality, the podcast is going to be something really interesting to listen to. Um, I've also been on a few other podcasts in, in America. Um, if you want to look up Ashley Gonna, which is Ashley with an E and then Gonna, G-O-N-O, um, her podcast is Uncover Your Magic. And I've done a couple of shows for Ashley on there, and we've been talking about everything from my personal beliefs right the way through to aura photographic profiling. So as you see, we haven't been dormant. We've been busy doing lots of different things and hopefully we'll be doing lots, lots more. And now that the pandemic is just about passing in February 2022, we're going to be starting to get out on the road again. So we're still going to be going and visiting people and going to do stuff. And don't forget, 
all the columns I write for Spirit and Destiny magazine and any other publication that actually wants me to write about anything paranormal. We're still going to do that as well. So there's lots going on here at the Twisted and Misunderstood podcast, and there's lots coming up in the very near future, Carol. Thank you very much. Do we have time for one more question yeah, here? Yeah, last question. Yeah, okay, that's great here. Haley from New York says, how are you doing, Dom? I'm interested in EVPs that have just bought a device to capture sounds or voices. However, all I seem to hear is white noise or crackles. Haven't yet been able to fathom out any words. Am I doing anything wrong? Well, I don't know what device you just brought, but it sounds like you brought a spirit catcher or something similar to that. It works on frequency and it will record, but you can use a digital tape recorder. It's just as good for picking up EVPs. EVPs normally happen around electronic instruments because for some reason, spirit channel through electricity. So if you've got a TV or a computer or even uh, an old line telephone, they tend to home into those areas and they can leave their voice messages through the electricity that they seem to travel along. You know, the best EVP that I picked up was one in a flower shop in England, and it was old English voices talking from a telephone line. So it wasn't by lifting up the telephone, it was just listening to the line, and the voices came from that. So electricity seems to enhance you being able to pick them up. But distrust. Go and put your tape recorder or your digital, digital voice recorder somewhere where you know there's activity you know go in and sense the activity use dowsing rods if you want see if, you know you can detect, detect some imprints around that but just think about where you're going and where you're wanting this activity to actually respond to you and then just pop your recorder down and it's the best way i've been doing evp recording since 2000 when i was the resident medium at ghost house and we picked up quite a lot just by leaving a tape recorder and walking away. And that was the old um, chrome tape recorders that you used to get. And we used to get the tapes with the, with the voices on and the bits and pieces. So don't ever think that you need any smart equipment to do it. You don't. You just need a tape recorder or now a digital voice recorder and see what you pick up. It's, it's amazing. Remember, this goes back. The first EVPs were picked up on the first... Um, what they call wax discs that were made for, instead of records. Before vinyl was invented, music was recorded onto wax. And the first EVPs ever picked up were on a wax disc. And they were the start of people really trying to understand where these voices come from. Now, I believe they come from imprints in the atmosphere and certain vibrations or frequency trigger them for us to hear. And that's all you're looking for is those little spaces where you'll feel it first. You'll feel electricity or your dowsing rods will swing and you'll be able to put your little voice recorder down and pick up the energy that you want. And when you listen back, be patient. You know, not every time that you do it, you're going to hear an EVP and not just waiting to be around you. But there are places where EVPs are picked up quite regularly and do a little bit of research to your local area. You know, New York would be an amazing place to go hunting EVPs. Go and do some research into some of the buildings and see where you can go where your chances are increased of picking something up. Because once you pick one up, it becomes very contagious. 
and you don't really want to stop and you just carry on doing it time after time after time and figuring out the voices that you're getting. Great. Well, I, I think this has brought us to the end, really. I mean, I have got one other question, a little question about fairies. Is that yeah, quickly? Can we quickly do yeah. that? Um, I believe I've got a fairy at the bottom of my garden, says Susan here from Hampshire. Um, I saw a little fairy when I opened my kitchen window, and that's it. <laughs> okay. Well, it, you know I mean, who? Why wouldn't there be fairies? Why wouldn't there be anything like this? It's, uh, it's all about how we interpret how our perception is. So if you think you've seen it, you probably have. But your interpretation of it could well be an energy light. It could well be something that is very, very creative around that and how you've actually thought about this and feel about it. You know, from what I know, that the fays or the fairy people are very, very spiritual, very, very nice to be around. Their energies are very pure energies and very good energies. They're not mischievous in any which way. So if you've got a fairy in your garden, then you've got a really nice energy around your garden. And I just believe that all these things come to us when we have really good vibrations, really good energy, really good feelings send it love and let it be because it's there because it wants to be there. Believe me, if it didn't want to be there, it would soon be gone. Oh, that's a really nice explanation. It's lovely. So I think that's, that's it for the moment. I've, you know, finished the questions that have been sent in for this okay. time being. So if anyone's got any more questions for future broadcasts, you know, just come on to AuraProfiling at gmail.com, send me the questions or leave us a voicemail on Instagram or come on here on the Twisted and Misunderstood podcast on your podcast provider and you'll be able to leave me a voice question. And next time we do one of these questions and answers with Alison and myself, we will actually answer your questions. So we look forward to that. Yeah, it's been fun, been really good. And thank you, everyone that's taken part. And I hope we've answered a lot of your questions. Bye for now. Bye-bye. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of questions and answers from around the world. Plenty going on here at Twisted and Misunderstood. I just want to reiterate that we now have a sister podcast, which is called We Are All Aliens. Go and give it a listen. It's a lot more lighthearted, but there's definitely things in there that you're going to find very interesting if you like the Twisted and Misunderstood podcasts. Where can you find We Are All Aliens? On your podcast provider. It's on 
all the podcast providers that you may have close to your internet link. So until next time, and with thanks to Mal West Matt Waters for all these amazing jingles, and you can find her on her SoundCloud page. So look up Mal West Matt Waters if you want to get in touch with her. And it's a big thank you to Alison Zenden. And for now, from me, Dominic J. Zenden, goodbye, be kind to each other, take care.